Hey everyone, it's good to be back. Uh, we got some podcasts lined up. First up, we got Benito's from Vermont, Montpelier, Vermont. So we're going to be focusing a little bit more about sourcing ingredients for hot sauces with Ben. But this is going to be actually a series on all different parts of starting your own hot sauce company, from sourcing to getting commercially certified to coming up with your own recipes to marketing, uh, just so many other things. So stay tuned. Uh, we've got another one coming up soon. Um, and with this podcast, I like to highlight some cool things happening in the hot sauce community and some lessons and education uh, sprinkled in there as well. So um, part of this is that our monthly and quarterly hot sauce club uh, has a lot of these small batch hot sauce companies like Benito's. Uh, we got Alicia's Homemade and Worcester K-Sauce in, uh, in Colorado. We have some international hot sauces. So I'm bringing just a lot of those small batch hot sauce companies to your door on, on a monthly or quarterly basis. So feel free to check out our site, crafthotsauce.com, uh, if that would be of interest. And also before each podcast, I'm, I'm going to try to have an intro and outro song from a great band that's uh, looking for some more followers. So uh, to start it off, I'll let Twisted Pine from Boston Master do the intro here. Ben, thanks for joining. Pumped to have you here. Uh, can you start off sharing more about your background and telling us a little bit more about Benito's Hot Sauce? Sure, that's fine. Yeah, so um, Benito's is a Vermont craft hot sauce business. Um, I started it back in oof, back in 2007. It was just it really just started out of the need to kind of preserve the uh, chili pepper yield from my garden in the back of um, a house that I was just renting with some friends. You know, I, I, so I would dry peppers, I would make chili and stuff, make salsa, and then I figured hot sauce was an excellent way to preserve chili peppers. So it started out as a hobby, um, and then it became a part-time job, and it's been it's really been my full-time job for about four years. And have you always been into spicy foods and, and hot sauce? Not so much as a kid, um, but, you know, in college... In college, I kind of got into eating, uh, you know, a little spicy food, spicy wings. And actually, at the time when I started making hot sauce, I was working at a Mexican restaurant as a waiter. So I was um, okay. really, hippie. you know, I was really deep into the spicy food culture at the time. I was eating a lot of a lot more spicy food than I than I had been. Mm -hmm. um, but it, but it but it really kind of just evolved from you know having a garden. Um, and, um, yeah, and I could say, you know, a passion for spicy food in general. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about your operation and what does it look like today? I do all the manufacturing myself still pretty much. Um, I have one, I have one year round full-time employee. He helps me with uh, manufacturing a little bit, but he's been, he's been on kind of limited, limited duty recently because he, um, he had a little shoulder injury, so he hasn't been helping me in the kitchen as much. Um, so yeah, I still oversee every batch and you know, I'm still producing it myself, bottling it myself, chopping all the veggies myself. Nice. And I want to know about the, more of the, uh, the creation of Benito's. How did that originally start off? Hot sauce thing didn't really become a business for me until probably, I mean, I started making it 10 years ago, but it was, you know, it was just a little hobby. So yeah. I was, I, I actually started, you know, doing a couple street fairs here and there 
and I was growing all the chili peppers in my backyard pretty much. Um, but, um, what know, were you growing? I, I started out pretty simple, straightforward, just jalapenos, cayenne, super two hybrids, which is a nice, thick, uh, long cayenne, you know, nice meaty, juicy yep. cayenne variety. I was growing a little bit of ghost chilies, a little bit of habaneros. Um, and then it didn't really become a business business probably until like maybe eight years ago, like 2009, 2010. And then I was sourcing, um, I started sourcing ingredients, sourcing chili peppers from uh, just a couple local farms where I was living in uh, northern Vermont at the time up in Johnson. And I still, I still work with some of those farms. Nice. I work now, we work with, uh, now we work with about eight different farms. Um, we source, excuse me, we source chili peppers. I also source um, other vegetables like onions butternut squash we have uh, mm. one variety that has butternut squash we also source a lot of carrots um i yep. use a lot of carrots for we use carrots for a thickener or in a you know like a coagulant instead of xanthan gum nice um, being in vermont you know we use a lot of i also make chili pepper infused maple syrup so we go through probably i don't know three four hundred gallons of maple syrup a year I was up in Vermont skiing uh, last year and we had an Airbnb. Uh, actually, I forget the town. It was right next to Mount Snow. And uh, okay. so that's where I first saw your sauce in somebody's fridge. And it was the maple syrup. And there yeah, literally was not a dot in, in the whole bottle. So I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> this must be good. Um, Oh, what was uh what's that sauce like obviously there's that's actually that, it's just pure vermont maple syrup um oh i got you pure, okay yeah so it's actually spicy maple syrup right it's just two ingredients two vermont farmstead ingredients we have a habanero one um i just dip the you know i kind of dip the habaneros in and i take them out so it's totally transparent but it, it yeah. retains that nice heat and we have a chipotle one with or, that I make with organic chipotles. And our latest one wow, is okay. a chipotle infused is a chipotle infused maple syrup, and then I age it in a bourbon barrel for two months. That's wow. been really popular lately. That Damn. that I've just been selling retail lately. I don't really have that in. Oh, I'm not, I shouldn't. Say, I have it in two or three stores, but not not really out there yet. But um, yeah, as far as that the sourcing goes, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, it's been been quite popular. Um, but as far as the, the sourcing goes, we, you know, the bulk of what we source is from local farmers, local sugar makers, local vegetable farmers. Um, I source organic vinegar from a company in New York State, um, Haines Celestial, and uh, they're in Lake Success, New York. And then we use sea salt from, from the coast of Maine. So we try to keep it all close, you know, as much yeah. as we can. Yeah. So how, because... I, I won't lie. I've never done like a vinegar tasting. I don't know. I wonder if that's even, I don't know if that's a thing or not. Um, but like I, I have to actually, I haven't tasted much vinegar, so I can't say if I have a good vinegar palate or not, but how, how do you like come across vinegar, good vinegar? Is that just knowing and, and hearing that it's high quality or is that like testing out different types in your sauces kind of finding that? Well, it's been my experience that, you know, we use white vinegar as opposed to cider vinegar. Mm -hmm. um, so cider vinegar, a lot of people use it. It has a certain flavor that kind of works better with those red hot sauces as opposed to like a green hot sauce or, you know, it's just kind of that. Yep. Um, 
I know that, you know, I know a couple of people here in Vermont who use that, but as far as white vinegar, uh, the taste is pretty customary. Initially we started buying it from the grocery store. Excuse me. And then um, a few years ago we decided to go, I decided to go totally non GMO with the company and, um, Awesome. I, um, a friend of mine was making salad dressing at the time, and he kind of turned me on to this company in New York State that makes this um, organic white vinegar, which I like it. It's got a nice – I don't use a lot of vinegar in my sauces. Mm-hmm. Um, but our sauce – you know, we have a very high viscosity. It's very thick. Yeah. So I like this, I like this organic vinegar because it's tr- – it's, well, it's organic, you know, so it's non-GMO, but also it's um, – it's three, it's three or four times as strong as store-bought vinegar like that you would get at the grocery store. So you don't need a lot of it to get that, that, you know, that, nice, that nice vinegar tang. Yep. Um, but, but none of my sauces are very liquidy or none of them separate really like how you, you, know, you, you look at a, a hot sauce in, in the grocery store that has a lot of vinegar in it. You're going to get that separation, yep. which, is to, you know, which is totally natural, but I don't even need use that much vinegar for it to ever separate we just it's more mine's more of an acidified food than a high acid food product if that makes sense yeah no i actually um i used it for the first time which i I feel like i gotta i gotta get to trying more hot sauces more often uh but I, i had it for the first time actually two weeks ago and it was right before i reached out to you but um I, I live in arlington mass and there's this cafe called kickstand cafe and the owner said he literally hit one of his highlights is going up to the co-op in Montpelier. Um, I think it's Montpelier, somewhere in Vermont and, and yeah. get some, I think he got like six bottles of your hot sauce and, and put it into the restaurant. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Super nice. Um, so I, I put it on my bagel, which I, uh, the yeah. blood root, uh, red one. Um, there's the blood root one. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, some, some was cool it, was uh, the artwork too. Was it the ghost chili or? Yeah, I think it was, it was the ghost chili, and so that okay. that, that was a, a nice um, kind of viscosity. I mean, I, I, there's preferences, but I think I, I like it a little bit better on um, kind of like a bread having more of a, a thicker one, or like a soup or something. Actually, a soup I don't really mm-hmm. care at, at all, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, was a, it was definitely a nice um, taste to it. Nice. And so, actually, so one thing that I actually get some questions on, um, which is awesome how I love, like, people are coming to me to, to ask questions just through having the website. But I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of trying to share more questions and get more answers from people. Um, but some mm-hmm. people ask, like, how do you just go out and find – a, a farm like obviously it's just going to the farm i guess but like if, if you don't have any in your local area i mean how would you recommend uh reaching out to people um you know what there's i mean you know, i live in vermont so there's a lot of that sort of um there's a lot of outreach with different um email lists and vermont specialty food association mm-hmm. and the vermont um Vermont, um, Northeast Organic Farmers Association, Vermont Organic Farmers. So all these, all these entities have these, you know, these email lists with dozens and dozens, you know, of people on them and farmers. So oftentimes if I need to source a certain chili pepper, a certain type, I'll just throw a list, you know, throw an email out to the listserv and see if, 
if it hits, if, you know, if I get a hit on it and nice. somebody emails me back and just, you know, um, but there's, you know, it's, uh, sometimes if you can just, you know, go to your nearest local farm and ask them, you know, or call them up and just say, Hey, do you grow chili peppers? I'd say, you know, seven times out of 10, even if they don't, the farmer can always tell you someone yeah. locally who does usually yeah. depending on where you are in the country in Vermont, chili peppers are historic. I learned that chili peppers are historically kind of this thing where, um, you know, a lot of people grow them, but they have a hard time selling them. So farmers yeah. are a little apprehensive. So what, what what I tend to do now is, you know, we make agreements in the winter time, and they, you know, um, I, I'm thinking of you know four or five farms specifically that I deal with. They'll email me in January, and you know they'll send me a pepper wish list and say, hey, how many, you know, what types do you want, and how awesome. many pounds do you want, because we're going to get seed next week or something like that yeah so but that, that that took a few years that took a few years i know in massachusetts they grow all kinds of chilies you know i've met a lot of people i know i'm good buddies with alex's ugly sauce um, oh yeah yeah he's a buddy of mine and he i know he sources a lot of local stuff so you know it depends i mean you know invert if i can get chilies in vermont you know local organic chilies pretty much you know more than what i need yeah. You could pretty much get them anywhere in the country, you know, because they're much easier to grow elsewhere. Yeah. Of course. And, and so you, do you do this all pretty much all during the harvest season in like September, October? No, what we do is I, um, so we make a whole bunch of hot sauce with fresh chili peppers in the winter time. I'm sorry, in the uh, harvest, you know, late September, yep. October. We make probably about a thir- uh, probably 25% to, to one third of our, of our, total production happens then excuse me but then i also have a a seven by seven foot freezer so we freeze a whole bunch so i can use them throughout the year yeah and um once we pack up the freezer i have another four smaller chest freezers like uh you know i don't know what they are probably two i mean two by four by three they're probably like 20 cubic feet and i have four of those um so once we fill up all the freezers if the chilies are still coming in, then um, then we uh, then I actually dehydrate a bunch, and that's for kind of like you know that's for like um, you know kind of doomsday you know Armageddon yeah. stuff in, in, case, in <laughs> case for some in, in case for some reason there's a bad harvest because that's happened a couple times a few years yeah. ago we had we had Hurricane Irene and that I think it was 2011 and I was barely able to get any chili peppers that year because uh, you know most farms are next to rivers of course you know where the where the most fertile land is so a lot of the farms flooded but yeah. luckily i had some, i had just enough dried so i could um so it could get me through the year that's good and fortunate uh, on the unfortunate side are there any failures that uh, kind of any failure stories that stand out while working on benitos oh any failure stories um let me think let me Oh yeah. I have a great failure story. <laughs> um, the, I tried when I initially started making hot sauce, I tried to make a lacto fermented style. Okay. So what, what's, what exactly is that? Just like, so just lacto, yeah. So lacto fermented, um, you know, it's like the same idea as like the kimchi kind of. So okay. basically when you bottle the hot sauce, when you bottle it, you're not, you're um, keeping some good bacteria in there. So it ferments. And you get a nice, the whole point of the lacto fermentation 
is that you get a nice um, kind of sour taste to it. It's a nice kind of sour flavor. Okay. Um, and this is very, very early on. There's a, there's a company that, that still does it. Uh, I think they're called 30 Acre Farm. I want to say they're in Maine, but um, I've, I've seen their, their hot sauce around. I've never gotten it, but I'm pretty sure it's fermented. But anyway, so I was trying to make fermented hot sauce. And, um, you know, the risk of that is that it's not shelf stable, really. Um, you kind of have to, you know, make it, keep it cool, and, um, you know, consume it. Yeah. And, and or re- and or refrigerate it, you know, pretty quickly after you make it. Um, so I sent it to an online reviewer. It was our first review ever, and it actually volcanoed it, champagne out of the bottle. <laughs> wow. Right? So we took a picture. <laughs> so here I am, you know, firing this, this aspiring hot sauce guy, and he takes a picture of it for the whole hot sauce world to see. Oh, no. You know? And it was, uh, you know, and it was just the bottle, you know, with the, the, the sauce dribbling down the neck of the bottle and i was like oh my god but then i went on and i read the review and he actually liked the sauce pretty much there you um, go you know he, he did enjoy the sauce he put it on a burrito and he said you know there's going to be good things to come from benito in the future you know but it was kind of like you know, <laughs> that was probably that was an early failure definitely i mean i haven't thought about it in a long time but um you know it was just you know it was just a you know a normal thing it wasn't anybody's fault i was trying to do this one style yeah, and I should have realized I should have realized that he had a backlog, so he wasn't going to get to it right away. It took him a couple of months to review it, so by that time it was fermenting and it didn't explode. But it definitely, <laughs> yeah, you know, but, like yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think that's uh, something that everyone encourages with hot sauce, just like experimenting and and, and trying new things. So, um, yeah. So then after that, we just you know we ditched the, the fermentation style and. Now everything's hot packed and, you know, 190 degrees and all that yeah. stuff. So it's all shelf stable. Nice. Okay. I got a tough question for you. What's your favorite non Benito's hot sauce? Oh, wow. My favorite non Benito's hot sauce. It really changes a lot. Um, yeah, that's fair. You, you can, you can, uh, you can name a couple that are, or, or a few. Yeah, sure. Yeah. sure. Sure. Yeah. There's, um, as far as mainstream goes, I think Cholula is probably my go-to choice. I do like Tabasco, and I like Frank's, too. I'm not really into Sriracha so much. Um, I don't know why. I just kind of like that more tangy flavor. But yeah, yeah Cholula, I like Capitillo, too. And as far as smaller batch, um, excuse me. we have a lot of good local hot sauce here in Vermont. Yeah. Um, I do like, um, there's a local one called Higgins Burnt Garlic Hot Sauce. Okay. And that's kind of, that's that's got a very unique flavor. Um, There's also another producer here in Montpelier, uh, Butterfly Bakery. They make a good vinegar-based hot sauce. I like their habanero sauce. And they do all kinds of beer, beer and chili pepper, um, beer hot sauces too. But I I really like their habanero. what else do I like? So beer uh, hot sauces. Yeah, that's a big, that's trending right now. That's really? Trending right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely, I think it's on trend right now because craft beer is so huge, especially yeah. in, in New England. But um, not a lot of people are doing it. Like Butterfly Bakery is doing it. I know two companies in Pennsylvania who have been doing it on and off for a few years. Um, 
So it's definitely on trend, but not a lot of people are doing it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I like that stuff. What else? There's a, there's a guy in southern Vermont. He's called uh, uh, Levinsky's Top Shelf. He, he makes a good hot sauce. He makes like a vegetable-based hot sauce. He's got a habanero beet hot sauce, like a purple hot sauce. And he ate that oh, nice. That's like, carrot. that's like a carrot apple. That's a good one. I also like Vermont maple sriracha. I don't know if you ever had that. that that's really good. I, I, don't like, I don't really like. I don't really like regular sriracha, but um, the way they make the Vermont maple sriracha, it's a company in Rutland, and they make it's just you know it's fresh Fresno chilies, fresh garlic, um, local maple syrup, local wow, maple that sugar. Really good. It, it, yeah, it's good. Perfect amount of sea salt, or they use kosher salt, so it's just really good ingredients, and it's got a great. A, it's got a great flavor. Wow. That's a, a lot of interesting, really good sounding hot sauces around that area. Can you kind of describe a little bit more? Tell, tell us a little bit more about the, the whole Vermont hot sauce scene and, and maybe how it's grown since you've at least how you've seen it grow since you've been there. Um, well, you know what I've seen it in the last 10 years, I've seen things change a lot up here. When yeah. I moved up here, it was just kind of, it was just kind of, you know, the two local brands on the shelf. Uh, there was actually three local brands. I think one, one went out of business uh, soon after I moved up here. They were more like the people growing it for, you know, growing all their own ingredients, very small, but they ended up going out of business. Then it was just kind of two staple brands that, that were on the shelf. Um, and then, um, you know, they were, they were good quality, you know, but um, I tried to produce something, you know, that was made with local ingredients. And, um, you know, and since that was probably about 2008 um, after I first moved up here. So then it was just me and two other companies for many years. And then late in the last two, three years, you know, definitely, I, you know, another four or five companies have, have popped up. So it's gotten pretty competitive up here, actually. I'd say there's about 12 different hot sauce companies in various stages of, of growth here in Vermont. So awesome. if you go to like Hunger Mountain Co-op, if you go to Hunger Mountain Co-op in Montpelier, if you go to Healthy Living Natural Foods up in Burlington, you're going to see like seven, like six or seven different producers easily. So wow. it's definitely gotten more, it's gotten more competitive, but that's also good, especially if, you know, you, the way I look at it, you're always going to have competitors. So I'd rather have people making high quality stuff. Yep. Local. And just some nameless, face, nameless, faceless, you know, xanthan gum sauce or something like that. Hundred percent. And I know before we go, I just want to ask you a couple more questions about sourcing. I mean, do you have any recommendations? Uh, more recommendation from buying for farmers, kind of the process of doing that. Whenever you're sourcing peppers from farmers, you really have to take your time into consideration and logistics. Um, I, I have a, a lot of farmers, I have some, some are very kind enough to drop peppers off at my factory or at my house or at my, uh, my delivery service as a warehouse. So sometimes farmers will just drop it off at their warehouse up in Burlington and then they'll just take it right to my factory. I can have my delivery service. In the beginning, I got, I fell into the trap of driving out to the farm and driving back. Mm. You do that once or twice, you know, two or three times a day. That's half your day when you could be making sales calls or you could be doing production. So logistics are a big thing. I find a lot of times dealing with farmers, um, you know, all the emphasis is on growing the chilies 
for you and, you know, calling you when they're ready. And sometimes, um, you know, you, you really just have to think and problem solve with the farmer as far as, the, you know, having all the logistics work out. Um, because yep. there's been issues where, you know, there's been issues where, um, you know, I just, I had to drive, you know, 45 minutes away to a farm and then 45 minutes away for not a whole lot of chilies and, you know, and you learn these things along the way, but that's a big piece of it. And I wouldn't expect, you know, I'd tell the aspiring hot sauce person if they're trying to source local produce, you know, to really have all the logistics work out. Well, I'm sorry, worked out ahead of time because that's not really the farmer's job, right? The farmer just grows them for you. But if you can yep. get them delivered to you and save all that time, that's a huge headache avoided. Nice. And I'm sure that gets a lot cleaner and, and easier and more well-planned when you're kind of developing those relationships with those people over time. Absolutely. And if you, and they're much more, you know, the, the more poundage you're willing to purchase from them, yep. the more like they are to come to you too. So I know people are definitely going to be wanting to find and buy your sauces. Where can people buy them? Oh, you can buy it. Uh, you know, we're in a we're in about 150 stores in Vermont and then and another hundred throughout New England. We're in about 20 Whole Foods in Massachusetts, all all throughout Ma uh, Massachusetts. Awesome. A uh, whole bunch of stores in Boston, a whole bunch of stores on the coast of Maine, Portsmouth, Concord, uh, Portland, Maine. We're pretty much a New England company. We're not we're not really you know we're not really Vermont uh, exclusive, and we we're not really a national company. I mean. We're in probably about 14 states, you know, to some extent, one or two stores and, you know, a handful of states. But um, we're really focused on just New England growth for now. Well, ben, this has been truly awesome to, to learn more about your operations, what you've been up to. And I uh, just want to say thank you so much for your time. Uh, I, I hope our, or I actually know our, our listeners will appreciate it. So, so thank you from all of us. Always, always, yes. Great talking to you, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Yeah, sounds good, Ben. Thank you. Well, well, thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit. Uh, a quick couple asks from me. I would love for your feedback. I, I'm trying to get more podcasts going, trying to make them better. Uh, so I would appreciate your feedback. I know everyone says, oh, like, uh, leave us a six-star rating, leave us a five-star rating. Uh, feel free to leave me a rating. I, I don't really care. But uh, what I would rather you do is check out um, our craft hot sauce club. So we got some really damn good hot sauces on this club. Uh, we can do this every month. We can do it every three months. You can pause or stop at any time uh, with no charge. But we do have some amazing hot sauce companies like Benito's. Uh, we got Palman Acres coming on next episode. So check that out soon. Uh, and yeah, I, I uh, had a good time. And again, we like to end our podcast with a song. Uh, that was the, the intro of this song by Twisted Pine. They're good friends of mine, uh, a Boston band, and I think they have some good music. They'll be at Dell Fest uh, next year. So give them a listen if you like, but if not, I'll catch you next time. Thanks. <laughs>